Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment, but... Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. Sometimes it's just nice to be nominated, (laughs) but other times it is nice to win. And hopefully (laughs) both things will happen for us. Kel surprise. (laughs) We have been nominated for a sports podcast award, people. Now, now you need to do the work. What do they need to do, Aldwin? Um, so all of our listeners and our non-listeners who are going to become listeners as a result of this exposure by the Sports Podcast Awards, all you have to do is if you follow us on IG, click the link in our bio, it will take you directly to the Sports Podcast Award website where you will register and vote for us, the Ready Play Tennis Podcast, as your favorite tennis podcast. Um, yeah, and uh, that's pretty much it. We made it as simple for all of you as possible. Now, the only person that had difficulty was my mother, but that's because my mother doesn't know how to use a computer. So, um, yeah, click on the link in our bio, vote for us, and hopefully we come away with a snatch trophy. Yeah, well, my parents wouldn't be able to vote either because my dad has never used a computer in his life so <laughs> wow my mom does he has, have a sm- but does he have a smartphone you have no idea how many times i have tried to explain to him how to text message he does not have a cell phone my mom has a cell phone and i try to teach them how to use it effectively to you know stay connected to us be engaged <laughs> with our lives through like sending photos and nada that's okay it's just a little bit of fear yeah yeah no worries so all of the things Aldwin said you can do that or you can go directly to sportspodcastawards.com and I Mm -hmm. believe you have to register to be able to vote right you do have to register so you have to register your name email and then create a password but girl that only takes five seconds so do not let that be an obstacle to you voting for us yeah. Please. Exactly. Um, yeah, I just, I, okay. Last night I was perusing through our email and then I checked in our inbox that we had been shortlisted for this award. So, you know, among a multitude of entries for tennis podcasts, and we know that that's true because when we check Chartable, there are literally seven bazillion tennis podcasts out there. There's a lot. There's a lot, right? Like, and they're growing. There are new podcasts that pop on the chart every week. Um, for us to be shortlisted uh, among eight podcasts, tennis podcasts, it really truly is an honor. So when I said it was an honor for us, it I really meant those words. The gayest one of all. <laughs> I think that we would win that category hands down. For if sure. there was a separate the gayest one. tennis podcast, we would win. That. Although, <laughs> you know, some might come for us for saying that. 
there are other gay ones out there, but you know, we're the important ones. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of important, while you go and vote at sportspodcastawards.com, mm. there was a, a very important exclusive interview done by one Novak Djokovic with the BBC. Dun, dun, dun. We learned nothing new except that it came from the horse's mouth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, the words fell out of his mouth. So it was just a confirmation of what we already knew. Correct. And there has been some anal cyst about that <laughs> uh, analysis uh, for those layman's. But yeah, he gave... Um, a wide-ranging interview. The interviewer was very dramatic when he asked him, "Why, Novak? Yeah, why would you <laughs> sacrifice going to the French Open and going to Wimbledon to compete and be considered the greatest player, arguably in your sport, statistically? Why? You know, honestly, he had already gotten his answer. Like Novak had already mentioned previously in that interview that he." found it was more important for him to stick to his principles than to, you know, become or be the best tennis player in men's his in men's tennis history. Mm-hmm. And I think that interviewer was just looking for like a good soundbite. Yeah. <laughs> he was more it's more important to stick to your principles than get stuck with a needle in your arm. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, okay, let me throw it to you first. It, first impressions, just like, yeah, first impressions about what he said. Were you surprised? Were you shocked? Were you sad? Did you cry? The, I think the one <laughs> <laughs> did I cry? <laughs> I think w- the one thing that I found interesting is, you know, he ta- he always is very, th- I think, thoughtful. And, you know, people will argue that he's not and that he's a stupid idiot. But I think no, he speaks agreed. very well. He's very thoughtful about these kinds of decisions and tries to present them in an articulate way. And he did that, I think, in this interview. The one thing that I thought was interesting is that he said that he's gathered all of the information about Mm. the vaccine or the various options for the vaccine and has decided not to take the vaccine as of today. So the, the reporter sort of latched onto that and said, as of today. So he said that I try to keep an open mind about Mm. these sorts of scenarios and maybe is acknowledging that things are evolving and that he may be open to it in the future. So I thought that part was interesting, but everything else seemed to be what we knew, but again, just coming sort of from his mouth. Mm. And then the other parts about, you know, the, the principles being more important than the titles. I think for a lot of people, they would say, wow, that's pretty stupid. Consi- <laughs> considering your skill and, and, you know, the impact you could have on the sport and surpass, you know, Margaret Court in terms of number of Grand Slams. But he's sticking to his guns. Yeah, I watched the interview and I want to take everyone back to the pre-Australian Open podcast episode that we 
published where I said I wasn't necessarily upset with Novak Djokovic for having his own thoughts and principles about what's good and what's not good for his body. I actually admire people that say on their face that they do the research and they just decide for whatever reason that something is not good for them. Like, I, re- I think that that's totally respectable. What I came, why I came for Novak pre-Australian Open was that he went in kind of a roundabout way to try and um, mislead, mislead, I guess, the public and the tennis world of why he should be allowed to play um, and then kind of have that, you know, he's always been very, um, he's always he's always been someone that has been seen as entitled. And I thought that was kind of what was the sour note for me, was that he could try and play the Australian Open knowing full well what the Australian government's rules were on vaccination and put up this bogus reason of him having an exemption when really he just doesn't want to have the vaccine. So now that he it's it's come out his reasons for not taking the vaccine, like I get his whole stance of like wanting wanting to stick by his principles, but my question when I kind of thought about it and anal cyst it deeper was that like who is advising him? Like who is advising him? What doctors are advising him that him not taking a vaccine is actually probably beneficial for his body like what's so special about your body you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like that kind of he presented his um defense in a really nice and respectable way as you mentioned but you know i think it's a bit misleading when you don't actually give the the scientific reasons as to why you don't think that this vaccine is good for your particular body mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's kind of what i came what i came away uh the interview with yeah, I think, you know, first of all, nobody wants a deep, deeper anal cyst. Um, um, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is, you know, who knows all of the information he's got? Who knows all of the things that happened between Tennis Australia and him in the preparation for him to come? We'll never know sort of what that was like. I, my opinion was... I think he was done a little bit dirty in terms of thinking that he had the exemption, actually getting on a plane with the assumption that all things are good to go. I don't think he would have done that if if he knew sort of the turmoil that would result. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, um, I don't know, He's he's standing by his principles. His body is his temple, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> and um, the he said, the principles of decision-making on my body are more important than any title or anything else. Yeah, I mean, lest we forget that this is the guy that takes, what is it, like 25 what? times distilled water. Yeah. So, you know, me in my in my brain thinking like what are the possible reasons that he's not taking this vaccine like this is the guy that will go so far as to take that distilled water filter 25 times so i don't know who is advising you um but whatever i mean i you know you live your life you go girl you go off um but it's too bad that you won't be able to play the french and wimbledon kind of like open door for rafa 
perhaps. Yeah, but you directed me to that article by um, that you found on Yahoo Sports by Sam Goodwin. Mm. And one of the things that one of the people that was quoted in the article was Tim Henman, and he said that it's unlikely Djokovic would be barred from playing Wimbledon if he Wimbledon, mm. Wimbledon if he's unvaccinated. That uh, that is interesting. So he's a member um, on the committee and says that he doesn't think Djokovic would be barred for being unvaccinated. Okay, I mean it does it does follow this trend I think around the world that people are seeing like in Ontario our mandates are being lifted on March 1st and so there's kind of an easing easing up of restrictions I think worldwide so maybe that will align nicely with him being able to play in these tournaments I mean you know it's it, it is kind of a surprise to me that all of these mandates are becoming um are like being kind of um removed Mm -hmm. but you know maybe more information and just people are like fed up they're like listen if we're gonna have covid and we're just gonna have to get used to it just like the regular seasonal flu so you know you just kind of trust scientific experts and their choices even though can be kind of cloudy and murky Mm -hmm. most of the time yeah (laughs) and you know canada has been put on the map in the last few weeks because of the freedom convoy so Uh uh uh-huh some people some people might say we could thank them for the loosening of the restrictions, but I don't know if that's true or not. But yeah, March 1st here in Ontario, we no longer the sort of passport system to like get you into the gym or get you to a restaurant will no longer be required. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bothered by it. Yeah. I mean, if people that are unvaccinated want to go have dinner, like I'm cool with that. I mean, uh, in Canada, it's... 80% of people are vaccinated so you know four of the five people you're sitting in the restaurant with are likely vaccinated so yeah yeah okay what else do we have to say about the Jovac <laughs> Jovac <laughs> the Novak Djokovic <clears throat> wide-ranging interview I didn't delve into all the sort of stuff that happened in Australia um, we did want to talk about him and the sort of alignment with the question that he was asked about being considered anti-vax. Ah, yeah, that's an important part of the interview. So he wanted to make clear in his interview with that BBC journalist that in no way was he aligning with like the huge kind of swarm of anti-vax, anti-vax movement around the world. You know, he's all for like, okay, girl, you have your freedom to choose whether you want the vax or not, but um, he wanted to be clear that he's not an anti-vaxxer, which is slightly confusing because, you know, you spend 10 minutes of the interview saying, like, I want, I prefer or I want kind of freedom of choice. Um, and therefore, at this time, I've decided based on my um, research that I'm not going to take the vaccine, that I'm not going to take the vaccine, but I'm not an anti-vaxxer. So there's like a nuance there that people are finding difficult to anal cyst. <laughs> right. Right? It's like, it's a bit of a kind of play on words. Yeah. Do you, do you see how people are hung up on that or why people would be confused or that they're not sort of able to see the difference that he's, he sees or feels? 
Yeah, I think people want to know, like, it's kind of, it's kind of where I stand. It's like, if you're an anti-vaxxer and you have research that proves that um, you taking the vaccine is not good for your body, say that you're an anti-vaxxer. But again, I do respect the fact that there's this entire stigma that's being attached with what it means to be someone that is an anti-vaxxer. So he probably doesn't want to deal with the fallout of being labeled that. Um, it's just a tough, it's a tough world, like, you know, labels and being called out, being canceled. So I can understand people's hang up and wanting more clarity, but I also can respect Novak's kind of desire not to be kind of raked over the coals for it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think as someone who considers himself an elite athlete, we do know that people who are... maybe less healthy are prob- are more vulnerable to the the more severe side effects of covid so yeah. he sees himself as somebody who is not necessarily vulnerable to that then he's not going to get the vaccine so he's making that decision in as it pertains to his own body weighs the mm-hmm. pros and cons has decided not to get it but doesn't consider himself anti-vax and maybe he gets vaccines for other or has gotten yeah. vaccines for other things. So yeah. that's sort of where where I kind of see his his um, perspective, but others are confused that he's... <laughs> they don't say he's... It, anyway, they, they don't think he can sort of chew and... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Ride the fence, like <laughs> right. Ryanair. Yeah. Ryanair called him out hard. Yeah. You want to you want to talk about what they tweeted about him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Ryanair is trying to be cute knowing that Djokovic will never fly their airline. <laughs> they said we're not an airline, but we do fly planes. Hashtag #Djokovic. Cheeky. Yeah. Cheeky. He's not he's not coming on your plane anytime soon. He's not chartering your plane. No, 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 no. <laughs> Anyone else say anything interesting? Uh, who cares? Honestly, I'm like, I think that that's kind of what I took away when doing research for this part of the show. It's like, we all knew who Novak Djokovic was. It was good that he had an opportunity to say it from his own mouth. But, you know, the slew of like negative um, just coming for him. It's like, I could do without that. You know what I mean? Like, I guess maybe we do a little bit of that on the podcast, right? Coming for tennis players because of what they do in public and on the court. But, I mean, the some of these things that people have said are just downright, like, nasty. Mm-hmm. And, like, girl, you're so upset. Like, you need a hug. <laughs> yeah. There should be more hugs on social media and Twitter and less nastiness. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on from a player who's reviled to a player who is beloved <gasps> beloved as it were oh our one and only tower of tadel is that how what they call him tower of tadel that's where he's from in argentina oh, i the, didn't even know that the, I, I didn't know that either until it, it, i started seeing it in the in the social media sphere and the gentle giant <laughs> had his final match he was gentle because he couldn't really move very well. Ugh, everything that you suspected, mm-hmm. he wasn't able to do in that match. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I told you last week, or told all of you, all of our listeners last week, that I was scared. 
Yeah, you know, honestly, where did we where did we think that him upsetting Del Bonus, I think it was like the number six seed who's been playing on the tour for the past, like pretty consistently for the past like year and a half during the pandemic, like he was going to score an upset <laughs> coming back from knee surgery. Like, hello, like what were we thinking? <laughs> yeah, he got broken like two or three times in the first set and the second set he was playing better. Um, it was a tighter match, but Del Bonus was like, I'm going to go into this match. I don't care about that. I'm going to drop shot his ass. <laughs> yeah. He just kept drop shotting him. Yeah. All of those tweets where we were saying, you know, take it easy on him. It's probably his last tournament. He's like in his home country. Like, come on, girl. Just, you know, throw it in the bag. He was like, no, thanks. I'd rather have that check. Yeah. And Del Bonus <laughs> was like, this is my home country, too. And effers. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I think we have to definitely talk about um, the last game that he played Mm -hmm. um, where he was just like, couldn't hold back the tears, reminded me of Pete Sampras when um, at the Australian Open, he was just visibly crying on the court because he had just suffered the loss of his coach, uh, Tom Gullickson. And it was just like a really sad, I was sad. Mm -hmm. What a sad moment. Like you could tell in his press conferences before the tournament started that he really loves his sport. You know, I, I guess maybe that's an obvious thing to say, but there are, some, there are some tennis players out there where you're like, okay, you know what? This girl is just out there for a check today. Benoit Pierre, perfect example. <laughs> just saying it, you yeah. know what I mean? Like he talks about it all the time. And uh, maybe there's a little l- lack of passion for the sport, but Delpo is truly like a tennis lover and it hurt him. And a fighter. And a fighter, Yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah, I think, obviously, after all the injuries, he wanted it bad. He wanted to be able to end his career in some way on the court. It is still... It would be interesting to, like, have a BBC-style interview with him and <laughs> as well. And, you know, just understand at what point... And maybe it was impromptu, like, that whole press conference where he was like, this could be my last match something happened during his warm-up during the argentina tournament where he was like i think i think this Mm. is gonna be it Mm. so yeah it was very sad it was very emotional the crowd was obviously energized and and hopeful and you could see it all in their faces that they wanted him to put put up a good fight but couldn't couldn't put up a good fight against those droppers yeah one u.s open grand slam title one masters title was it in shanghai he won, he won in shanghai? indian wells and indian wells in, Ooh, that was epic yeah in about a month or so my facebook memory will pop up of the video <laughs> of me crying when he beat federer in that final it was an epic three-set final the f- third set was a tie break I remember Federer in that match being a total bitch in terms of <laughs> whining to the umpire about certain things. And I was so annoyed. Sorry, Federer fans. Sorry about it. But <laughs> sorry, it was, not sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I was very happy that he won that title and got to hold that beautiful trophy. Yeah, it was um, sad. I don't think I was, I think I had resigned myself to what was happening. So I was less emotional up until the 
moment where he broke down on the court. Yeah, geez. I mean, you look at a guy, his stature, he's not your typical tennis player build, and he achieved so much in his career, but, you know, having to go on this roller coaster of like being at the top of the sport, contending with literally the best male tennis players in the history of the sport. Um, And then having to be injured and having to claw his way back and then winning the silver medal in Rio. It's like, how much more coming back can you do? Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. And when it's an injury like your knee, uh, Mm. you know, Federer is dealing with that now. And so has Del Potro for three years, which Again, it seemed like a nothing thing when he hit his knee in Shanghai. And yeah, so onward to whatever he's going to end up doing. Hopefully there's some sort of involvement in tennis. Maybe he'll become a coach. Maybe he'll, you know, commentate on Argentine television. Is he married? I don't know if he... I, I. I follow him a little bit on social. He doesn't post a lot. He does occasional stories. I have seen him previously with a girlfriend and with a pooch, but he hasn't posted recently with a girlfriend. So I don't know. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't post any Valentine's day stories. So you know what that means? Single ready to mingle. What a, what a perfect opportunity to meet some cute guys. (laughs) I mean, girls. (laughs) (laughs) So, <clears throat> he was given a wild card to Rio, but he yeah. obviously said <laughs> said deuces. She ain't there. Yeah. He post he posted a photo on Instagram of him enjoying some kind of seaside situation. Yeah, I think he went to like Miami or something. He's now like chilling. Popping bottles. Yeah. With Tomic. Speaking of popping bottles. Casper Rude ended up taking that title. <laughs> <laughs> he now has one one thousand seven fifty title. Sorry, seven two fifty titles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like so confused for a second. I'm like, what is he saying? Seven two fifty titles. The streak begins in twenty twenty two. We said last year that watch out for Casper Rude. He's gonna level up. He's gonna start to make his way into the five hundred. Uh, tournament title tally she has yet to do so but i mean listen i mean he's just playing to his um (laughs) strengths to his strengths 250 that's where he's gonna kill it and he did (laughs) (laughs) he did he beat schwartzman in the final i believe it was three sets Mm. i think you know now that i think about it maybe he said to the folks in australia he's like I'm not interested in winning my first Grand Slam here. I'm going <laughs> to go for that 250 in Argentina. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like dating guys that are not good for you. It's like you only know what you're comfortable with, and he's only comfortable with, like, 250-level titles. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not he's not there to be swept away by the knight in shining armor, that Grand Slam. He's like, you know what, I'll go back to that cheap boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) there there's there's folks who are also not interested in certain levels of titles and Tsitsipas continued his streak of not winning 500 level titles yeah um I mean I don't know I don't really know what to say he did you watch that final that final was atrocious (laughs) for him for For him. him yeah for him he he usually is really good with his serve like dominant with his first serve his serve was shite in that final 
Um, I will say on a positive note, like, you know how you give um, critique? You always start with something positive and then just go into the slew, slew of all the negative things that he did in that in that match. <laughs> His kit is cute. I love that dusty pink um, Adidas kit that he's wearing. What, how does, um, how do you call it dusty? Like, what gives it the, the dustiness? You just mean like, it's sort of like a sandy kind of... Yeah, it's not a vibrant pink. It gives me like very kind of, um, yeah, dusty. Not dusty in like a negative way. Like, that bitch is dusty. <laughs> <laughs> Alduin giving you the fashion fleek. Yeah. Uh, so she looked cute. She definitely looked really cute. But her game was a mess. <laughs> and part of the reason why his game was a mess was because our boy... Zero and seven was it previously? Zero in eight, and eight. Zero and eight in ATP Tour Finals played incredible. Yes. He really did. Yes, I mean, we had an episode when I was flying solo where I talked about Felix, and even though he lost to Daniil, winning the first two sets, you know, falling off in the last three—not <laughs> not really falling off, but playing really well—and Daniil you know, doing his Daniil thing, but that he, this was like perhaps the time. And we have sort of dogged him <laughs> a little bit about not being able to sort of follow through, but we, we were feeling a shift. There was a shift. He's so, more solid, not overhitting. His yeah. backhand is, I think his backhand is, is almost a more important, weapon for him he takes it really early and it helps him in terms of setting up for his forehand yeah he played phenomenal all week and kind of destroyed Sitsi. yeah a, com- a complete demolition you know his strength in that um final was his serve like something like 93 percent in in the 90s of first serve points one um, and just setting him up for like an easy like one two, like big first serve forehand into the open court, big first serve weak reply backhand into the open court. Like he was just feeling herself, Felix. <laughs> she was. I was. It was nice. It was really nice to see. Like you said, we've been dragging him for years. Like girl, you get to these really big matches, quarters, semifinals. Like what are you doing with those shots? Like when he hooked up with Tony and Dow, we're like, this is his time. And then like in his tournaments right after hooking up with Tony, just like didn't have the goods, but you know, there's something that just clicks for a player. And, um, you know, just going back to my IG post of like, we're feeling there's a momentum shift, like something serious is happening with Felix. And then all you girls that came out and said, no, you know, he still has some time to mature. He still <laughs> needs, you know, a couple more years in his game he beat Rublev, he beat Nori, he beat Murray, who, I mean, really at this point is not such a big deal, but Murray's still a, you know, champion. Um, he beat, and he beat Tsitsi. Yeah. If he can beat all of those guys in one tournament, he's got the goods to actually win a slam. So I'm still sticking to my guns and saying that he's going to make a final of a slam this year. Whoosh. Period. Point blank into Period. Yeah, he's also a good sportsman because you saw the the match point he had against Murray, and Murray's hat fell off, <laughs> and he's like, "No, Felix, I swear." I <laughs> sorry, that's not a good British accent, but um, Murray thought the point the alette was called, and he stopped play, and Felix hit a forehand into the corner, and 
they had a little conversation and they replayed the point and Murray won the point. So it was 40, 30, but Felix was able <laughs> to pull it through. Yeah. Congrats. Fa. Wow. Fabulous. As you did in our post. Yes. Finally, he just, he can, that monkey's off his back. And I think we have, it's, it's hard not to do like the comparison between Felix and oh, Dennis. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> it's, I, I didn't know that you're going to go there, but ugh, it could get ugly. <laughs> well, Dennis, you know, floundered, I think in his first round. Um, to a guy I've never heard of before in my life, Lachenko. <laughs> who is that? Le, who is she? Yuri Lachenka. Lachenka, who made the semifinal. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. He is actually a very good player. I watched his semifinal against Sitsi. He took the first set pretty easily, just playing mm. solid, and then, you know, lost the second and third. But he will be someone to watch potentially. Like an Aslan situation? Does he give you Karatsev? He gives me like just crisp, solid hitting. Ah, okay. I don't know, but he's not, he doesn't have those calves for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, to make a semifinal after qualifying. Um, yeah, I think obviously that's a good run. And then going back to the Dennis Felix comparison, I think even early on, we there was sort of a feeling or general general feeling that Felix is just a bit more athletic um, and that he might have the results uh, sooner. I, th I think his results, even though he's only won one title, he's made nine finals. I don't know if that mm. um, I don't think Dennis has has done as well. So it'll be interesting we in Canada obviously just want a great rivalry between those those two. So Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding situation. It's like one win one does the triple axel at the nationals. Nancy's like gotta gotta step up, gotta step my P up. And so Chapo I mean you would hope so, right? Like Chapo looks at um Felix winning his first title and be like, you know what, I wanna get to that level. So it's I think it's healthy. It's good to push each other. It's like a nice, healthy rivalry going on. And which which of them is Nancy and which one's Tanya? Oh, I mean, Nancy for sure. It, no, Felix gives me Nancy vibes, like more composed, more within herself. Tanya is fiery. Did you watch I, Tanya? Yes. She's crazy. <laughs> and so Dennis Chapo, being the rapper that he is, dropping those bars gives me Tanya Harding. But, you know... <laughs> He could throw in a quadruple somewhere in there and just come away with a Grand Slam title. That's how, like, that's how, like, off the cuff and um, spontaneous he could be. Mm -hmm. um, Felix, if you're listening, what Alduin is saying is protect them knees. Yeah. Because <laughs> Dennis could come for you at any second. That's what he's saying. Well, they don't need to be protected for the Davis Cup because they ain't going to be there. Oh, yes. Oh, you look at you with the segues. Yeah, I was like, she's going to slip into the next topic and try to not talk about them being absent from the Davis Cup. Yes, so we have to talk about this. I don't know what it says about the Davis Cup that these top players are not playing it. You know, the Davis Cup has shifted to a new format. It's sort of a 12-team or 16-team thing that happens at the end of the year, and then there's qualifying rounds. Again, they 
a couple of years ago went away from the best three of five format to two of three. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Too long. You, okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think there is a general sense that Davis Cup has lost its way with this new format. And I wonder if that's mm. a part of the <clears throat> rationale for why some players like Dennis, like Felix, and, you know, Vashik, um, to a lesser extent, probably feels like he's put in the hours and the time for Team Canada, and maybe it's time for others to roll up their sleeves and participate. But these guys are 21 and 22, and why are they not playing Davis Cup? Like, why is it not important enough to play? Yeah, I wonder what is happening in March that maybe they've what do you know what tournament's happening in March? Ooh, is it like a big masters? Good question. What's going on in March that they would just like skip it because I get the whole like I need to play to get a check. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. You know, and they are building their career, so you know, and they are trying to protect their ranking points and trying to scurry up there in the ranks. So I can understand them wanting to continue to do that. Um but yeah, maybe the Davis Cup shouldn't be. I can't imagine the Davis Cup make like making it an issue of like scheduling during a major tournament. Did you find it? Yeah, there is no tournament happening. There's looks like there's a week or week and a half break. Girl, play the tournament. Come on now, wear that Canadian flag. They've played in previous years. I mean, didn't Dennis like break a, break an umpire's eye or orbital <laughs> bone that one time? Yes. <laughs> like he you Kerrigan his orbital bow. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I agree I think that they should play if there's a week if there's an opportunity to play then you should represent your country it's nice yeah. it would be nice yeah and no tea no shade to Schner and Diaz <laughs> and Polanski. Polanski but yeah I think if you want to be able to contend you want to bring your top guys so it is a bit surprising that so early in their career they're deciding to duck out when it was important a year or two ago for them to play like they were the they were the guys in the final against spain when they were competing against rafa and rba yeah i mean on a positive note like diaz and uh, polanski schner get a chance to be in the mix and play some competitive matches with guys they they would probably never face you know in a main draw unless they qualified or had a wild card so you know we all know that medvedev is a huge like um you know loves representing his country so i can't i do believe that russia will send a good delegation to the davis cup that week Mm -hmm. um i don't know how it works whether canada will play them but i'm sure these three guys that haven't had the chance will get a good good go at it you know and see where their games match up so that's kind of cute i mean polanski's been around for a while i don't know that he has a lot left in terms of you know how many more years he can play on the tour but I think Steven Diaz is relatively young, right? And Braden Schnur just, you know, could kind of make a make a move there. So why not? Why not give them that chance? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like how you may put a positive spin on that. Yeah. Remember, we're trying to, like, um, not be so negative. Yeah. Not so Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan. <laughs> exactly. And as we know, Medvedev is only interested now in playing for 
Russia. He will skip the French Open. He will skip all of those things <laughs> because he realizes nobody cares about him. Oh. Except me. Except you. I still love you. You know what? I'm going to repost. What a perfect opportunity. I'm going to repost the sign yeah. that got you all that attention at um, the Rogers Cup just to show that, hey, there's someone out there. Sorry, not me, but Jason, <laughs> that loves and cares for you yeah. just as much as your wife does. Yeah, exactly. There was one other tournament on the men's side, the inaugur- inaugural Dallas Open. Murica. Indoors at some big tent looking situation. When I saw the draw for Dallas and just saw all of the American players there, I immediately thought like there probably is like a saloon attached to the <laughs> tournament where you can do line dancing and get a nice gallon of Budweiser. Mi- like it's Michelob light. Michelob. Okay. <laughs> better, better reference. It's amazing. <laughs> You know, but like it was like Murica, like deep in Murica. Yeah, it was so Murica. George W. Bush showed up. <laughs> Sorry, George. Is it no? It's not George H. W. It's George W. That's Daddy. H. W.'s Daddy, right? Yeah, he was <laughs> like, I'm gonna come to this final and see the two Americans in the final. Yeah, Jensen Brooksby against uh, <laughs> Riley Riley Opelka. Yeah, what a contrast of styles that is. <laughs> Yeah, especially on the serve. Yeah. Yeah, I mean especially on the everything. <laughs> I feel more I feel more in tune as a player with Brooksby's game. Like I'm I'm the Brooksby and in that scenario. Don't don't you know when you when you make yourself out to be like a Brooksby, you're like talking negatively about yourself. No offense. Well, maybe a little bit of offense. <laughs> well, I'm Brooksby, Brooksby because, you know, as Opelka said, um, <laughs> he's one of his favorite players to watch, but least favorite to play against. <laughs> he, I couldn't really put it into words watching that final, what I was looking at. <laughs> um, you know, the end result, 7-6, seven, 7-6 six, seven, six for Opelka felt right in my spirit. But <laughs> in terms of like a game style, I was like, okay, Full disclosure, I googled, like, what is Jensen Brooksby's game style? I was confused at what I was looking at. So what were you, what what did you take away from his game? What is he, what is he about? He's about getting that ball back. And, you know, he's a, he's a, like, 5.0 player in that he can, he can get the ball back and place it where he wants. Yeah. 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 Un, a bit like unorthodox strokes. Yeah. Um, kind of like a puffy serve, a little powder puff serve. <laughs> powder puff. <laughs> yeah, like a little creamy powder puff serve. Like you know, not offensive. Just <laughs> like a it, cute little. It, it makes a it makes a noise when it hits his racket. Like poof. Yeah, and like all of the like white frosting just like explodes <laughs> off his strings. Like a video, <laughs> like a video game serve. You see the the graphic yeah. of the ball. Like what the surface looks like when the ball bounces off the court. <laughs> exactly. And um, just like very, uh, to me, always looking off balance, kind of like Svitolina, like weird kind of technique. But like you said, manages to get the ball back. And um, a grunt that lasts 
up until almost his second shot, <laughs> which can kind of get a bit like annoying. So his grunt is extends through his opponent's stroke. Yeah. And ends right before he hits his second shot. <laughs> how does, I don't know how he maintains his breath. I know. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a miracle of modern science. <laughs> he, I mean, obviously, I, he's, a, he's obviously a good player because he took a set off Djokovic in, at the US Open. Yes. And is now, in, his ranking is, is on the rise. Yeah, and uh, I think he's gonna enter the top fifty or something like that. So he, I think last time I checked, he was like forty three. Shoot. So you know, like uh, this is, uh, don't you find Jason like there's always a player that people have, like an unorthodox player. Like I'm thinking Monica Niculescu with that weird hack forehand. Um, on the men's side, who is that guy, the magician in the in the two thousands? He was like two handed on both sides. Um, they're just like a player that people don't want to play because they're so strange mm-hmm. and could give them problems. And like he is kind of like this guy, even though his strokes are relatively no, he actually has lots of spin on his forehand, tons of spin on his forehand. And uh, I just think it's a matter of like figuring him out. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I think unless he begins to develop some weapons. People yeah. will figure him out and he won't be in the top echelons for very long. So he needs to develop a few more weapons, perhaps work a bit more on his serve. Like, I don't think he, he has much sort of lift in his feet on his yeah. serve. So there's not yeah. much opportunity for him to to get power in the way Felix does or some of these other top players so yeah it's going to be tough for him to continue to sort of work his way into the into sort of the top of the sport if people start to figure figure that shit out yes yeah, sweetie you're six four he is six he's six four. four he's a tall mofo and I was like I have to check that stat because when he was standing next to Riley uh shaking his hand at the end of the match Riley was towering over her but she's <laughs> tall. She is a tall girl. There's no reason why he shouldn't have um, a stronger serve. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of of the female player um, equivalent. For me, it's maybe a little bit Cerebas Tormo in terms of... Oh, God. Ew. <laughs> I, I, I love watching her. <laughs> you know, I love me a Cerebas Tormo moment. The, but that is... a. I think that is a perfect comparison. Yeah. He gives you Cerebus Torment. Cerebus Torment. Torment, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But congratulations to Riley. His third title. Is it another 250? Is he joining like Casper Ruud in the 250 train? Yeah, he won in Delray Beach. I think he won all of his titles in Merca. Delray Beach, um, New York, and now Dallas. Congrats. Congrats, babe. Congrats, buddy. He You know who's you know who sent him a congratulations? George Bush. Uh, Venus Williams. Oh. Yeah. Fueling the rumors that they're keeping their relationship on the deal. That's cute. That's yeah. cute. I think they would be cute together. Yeah, I like that for her. So we should talk before we leave Dallas about 
the post-tournament code violation that Riley got <laughs> for wearing his hat during the trophy ceremony. Okay, clarification here. Did you know that that was uh, uh, that was in the uh, like code of points or like the the rule book? Like you have to remove your hat? like. What was the, what's the deal with that? Here, here. I so I was like, that's that's stupid. But here's yeah. what here's what it is. Here's what it oh. be. Here's what it be. Okay. Here's where okay. it be at. Eh. They don't want corporate logos associated with the trophy presentation. Although. Don't they wear, they have to be wearing their shirt or whatever. So, yeah. sorry, I just, you know, put put water on the fire of my own statement. Yeah, the, on their sleeves. They always have the um, yeah, corporate they, logos. And they, you know, Nadal and, and Roger, they wear their zippies for the presentation that has the logos. So, I don't, I, you know what? I don't know. But hold on, by corporate logo, do you mean, because I looked at his hat, like I looked at him receiving his trophy, I mean, he is sponsored by Fila. He's sponsored by Fila, and he would have had the, his oh, art the, gallery sponsor. That was on his hat? He has it on his hat, I think, on the, so- oh, okay. on the side. But yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it, his hair is too messy. <laughs> They want he want I don't know like I don't know no I I mean I don't know I don't that's know that's weird it is, it is girl that's weird. a that's a waste of time I mean like I hope he didn't actually get fined for that because that's kind of silly I think what he posted um, was the code violation which was written <laughs> on a on his like form that he needs to fill out in order to collect that check at the end of the tournament gotcha yeah so (laughs) obviously there's an administrative function with each tournament where you have to go to some office and say i'm a third round loser and this is your purse that you get and it's a form of a check and (laughs) he checked off us dollars and uh yeah there was a little write-up about the code violation um, on the form, it says, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Opelka chose to keep his hat on during the prize presentation ceremony. So that was the code offense. <laughs> Maybe there's like an insider joke there going on that we don't know. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I just find that so weird and silly. I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> I think Opelka's funny generally. You know, he had that incident a couple of weeks ago where a bird shat on his hat and he was like, wanted another hat and he, he <laughs> got another hat and the umpire said, the logo on your hat's too big. And he's like, I'm not wearing the hat that the bird <clears throat> shat on. And <laughs> <laughs> I know. And he loves calling himself the robot because yeah. everyone calls him the robot. Yeah. He's created a whole little like fan base of a botness. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're here for it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Before we go, we have to talk some, some chat about ladies and not just Cerebus Tormo, but you're yeah. the girl who shall not be named who I think we might start naming again. Yeah. I'm, you know what? Like I'm over that. It was like last season's theme, like Annette, 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 number two seed. Um, working her way through the draw, beat, thankfully, Yelena Ostapenko in the semifinal. Gross. 
Um, <laughs> I'm still waiting for the day for her to like accept her invitation to the show and like for you to be like, so Yelena, have you listened to our podcast before? And she'll be like, no, I haven't listened before. She's like, well, I have, I have a 10 minute long series of Alden just dragging you for the past three and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, meets Maria Zachary in the final one and two seed as it should be a perfect Jason selection you know as it were number one versus number two in the final shocker um Sakura looked damn good sis like just playing that strong forehand um setting up the points it was actually very competitive tennis in the first two sets um so it was really fun to watch uh third set Sakura's up five two okay your girl's gonna win that tournament <laughs> St. Petersburg starting off February and 2022 on a high note <laughs> no <laughs> um, She loses literally the next three games And I believe Annette wins it in a tiebreaker no, In the third it set looks like she lost the, the next five games Oh, so it was five games in a row Yeah, that's right It was five games in a row <laughs> Oh my god I like, saw I was, your story thread I was telling you earlier how you can just see, especially because Jason and I are tennis players, we've all been in a situation before where you have had a lead and you can feel, literally feel the momentum like drain from your body. And you can feel the other person just like gaining in confidence with every, you know, hit of the ball. And that's exactly what happened to her. And this is a narrative that needs to end for Maria Zachary because it's not cute anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you're suggesting... What exactly? Well, I mean, girl, you need a sports psychologist. I don't know whether you... <laughs> I don't know if you work with one already. I mean, Tom Hill is a guy that we've been kind of, you know, communicating very lightly with over IG over the past two years since the beginning of our podcast. And, you know, I feel like we could reconnect with him by saying, listen, like Alden's looking for a therapist. If you need a recommendation for a sports therapist psychologist, I can shoot a couple your way because... Lest we forget, uh, Maria Sakkari was up 4-2 in the French Open semifinal last year against Krajikova, had a break point to go up 5-2, basically on the verge of making her first Grand Slam title, a uh, Grand Slam final, which she is so capable of doing, and a heckler in the stands who is yelling at her derailed her, and she just lost it. Mm. So there's been a couple of times where Maria's just kind of um, let it slip. And just one more, sorry, one more thing I just have to add because I'm really passionate about Maria and uh, obviously Annette. They're friends. You and I are friends. You know, like, <laughs> you and I are friends, but we are very fierce and competitive on the court. Like, you guys wouldn't know it, but when we when we play these stupid, like, two-hour matches when we book Supreme Court, we actually don't talk to each other. Like, that's how, that's how much of, like, how competitive we are, okay? Yes. Um... First of all, Maria Sakkari in her post in like in receiving her finalist trophy was like, you know what, Annette, you're you're my friend. I love you. Uh, what a great comeback for you today. Um, thank you for sharing this experience with me of being in the. Wait, hold on. Like, stop that now. Like, that's girl. Like, no, you have to. You have to have. You have to be thirsty to win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on, girl. Like, and Annette is just, like, sitting there with her fucking full check and her, like, you know, her bong, whatever it is, trophy that she received. Like, 
yeah, I know I am a good friend, but I'm a good friend that won the tournament and now I'm like way richer than you are and have a trophy, <laughs> a shitty trophy. Uh, anyway, so I just think that Maria, I would love for Maria to win that tournament, mm-hmm. whatever tournament it is, to like get over the hump of her fragile mental capabilities. Yeah, and the U.S. Open semifinals, she got destroyed by... Raducanu. Well, the, there was a Raducanu train, and there was no stopping it until <laughs> until after the U.S. Open, where she struggles to win matches. Now, I wonder <laughs> if if there's like a budget related issue yeah. for the sports psychologist. Maybe Zachary and Sabalenka could Ooh. cost share. <laughs> Since they seem to have similar issues in the big moments. For Zachary, it seems to be generally in all events, whereas Sabalenka, it's more with the Grand Slams and the serve. Yeah. Oh my God. Did you watch? Did you watch? There's like um there's a YouTube clip of like Sabalenka and her twenty one double faults in one match and she's weeping on the court. That is Have you cried on a court? <laughs> I haven't. No, I haven't. I, okay, I have been it. with you when you have, yes. <laughs> because, you know, if we roll back the clock, Aldwin has switched from two-handed to one-handed many, many times. And at this particular stage, he was feeling his one-handed forehand and thought things th- thought magic was going to be made on, on the court. And he ended up losing again to me, I think at that point for like the sixth or eighth time or 12th time in a row or whatever it was. And t- tears were shed. Fr- frustrated. Mm. Frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? They agreed. I think they could co-share a, a sports therapist mm-hmm. to get them, to get them into the final, to get them to win that tournament that they so rightfully deserve to win. Agreed. You know? Mm-hmm. I hope all of the the mental health of our listeners is solid and strong. And if you need help finding a therapist, as Aldwin said, he's your guy. Because <laughs> apparently he's shopping. I'm chopping? shopping? Oh, shopping. shopping. I love shopping for clothes. I love shopping for therapists, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Send your recommendations my way. A therapist with LGBTQIA plus 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 um, experience, right? Preferably, <laughs> I think we could all we all need a therapy session now and then for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, your therapy for this week is to go to um, that sports podcast awards awards dot com and vote for us. And while you're at it, and while you feel like doing more good things for us you can write a review and give us five stars and tell your friends about the show because that's how people will find us and that's how people will hear us saying anal cyst when we're meaning to say it (laughs) analysis and if you're feeling extra generous and want some new merch hit up our shopify page there's lots of cute little things there you want to buy a little mug for a little coffee situation or if you like tea Mm mm-hmm Get it, sis. And we still have that discount code uh, running, right? <laughs> discount code is up and running. Yeah. So, so get take that merch. Avantage. Yeah. Get that merch. I wore my t-shirt a couple times and I was doing my voodoo for people. I saw. I was like, when Felix win, when Felix wins, you will buy the, the merch. 
I love how you're giving like um, morning after bedhead realness. <laughs> like you're, yeah, you're looking fine. <laughs> I was a cup getting ready to go out. <laughs> just casually. Casual. Just casually. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we're a little late because we were busy. I was in Quebec City and drowning in the tears of the Delpo retirement, but also enjoying the winter carnival that was going on there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So whether whether we drop Wednesday or Thursday, we know that you're out there listening. Hopefully you enjoy it on either day or on the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) whenever you shall download Uh, until next week uh, there's a whole bunch of tournaments going on and Djokovic is returning next week by the way Monte Carlo Dubai oh Dubai that's right Mm -hmm. ooh yeah there's some juicy tennis happening right now so very excited okay so we'll talk about it next week peace out bye we're here for your tennis-tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is but if you like what we're serving up Please give us a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe, and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.